Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Autastic, your comedian's guide to autism. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Kirk Smith, and here are my co-host and friend, Graham K. I am here. I'm in Ottawa, actually, but I, I'm I'm here virtually. And nice. um, yeah, I'm in Ottawa, seeing the folks and stuff. This is the comedian's guide to autism. I have an autistic brother or a brother with autism, and you have a son with autism. And uh, we're two comedians trying to figure it out. I had dinner with Peter the other day. First time I had seen him uh, since January in person. Now, you had to quarantine for two weeks, right? I had to quarantine for two weeks. Um, I got tested. and But then I did a bunch of comedy shows. And... Um, and so I am steering clear of my family. Like I'm like I'm in the house, but I'm I'm not getting closer than six feet because my parents are 72. And same it. thing with my brother. And after I record this, I am going on. I'm going to go get a COVID test, and then I'll find out in like 48 hours whether I have it or not. And then I can like hug my family and my brother and whatnot. We can have we can have uh, scheduled brother time. Boom. And, uh, yeah, he's the only guy in the family with a basketball. I'm trying to keep up my skills. Wow. So uh, yeah. we're going to – oh, I'm going to try and convince him to get – there was, like, a period of time where he was really into basketball. I, I remember just, like, Pistol Pete. Yeah, that's right. He liked just the uh, – uh, he just liked to be alone and shoot. He, he didn't need to depend on anybody, but it sort of trailed off. He, for some reason, stopped liking it. And so uh, I'm going to try and get him back out there, make him uh, come out of retirement, and we'll shoot some. I wonder if he also likes, like, putting in – one of the things I liked about basketball is be able to, like, work on something and you can see improvement. It's visually uh, apparent. Yes. Yeah, I I see. That's that's why I like it. But he he, – I think he mastered it. He mastered basketball. (laughs) And he got got a little bored. Well, he just, he didn't need to learn to dribble because he's a shooter. Yeah, I was going to say, he mastered standing alone and shooting by himself. I don't know if he mastered all of basketball. Well, look, he's he's just, uh, this is a basketball reference. Um, He's a a Duncan Robinson type player. Okay. Not a lot of dribbling. He's just a spot-up shooter. You throw it to him. Division three guy. the The coach has given him a green light to shoot. All right. Um, Actually, it's more of a red light, but he has... He just takes. He just shoots it. He doesn't care what the coach thinks because he's the bad boy of basketball. Pistol Pete is the bad boy. Um, so I'm trying to get him out of retirement. We're gonna go shoot around. It'll be. Exci- I'm excited to like hug my brother. Um, I, I I know he's probably not excited to hug because he's not a big hugger. But uh, he. I remember there was you know people with autism don't always love physical touch, and uh, it was a big announcement for him a couple years ago at Thanksgiving and he went to our family and he's like, guys, I'm not much of a hugger. <laughs> and he would say that to everybody. And I was like, okay, good for you. Know your boundaries. You're like, we know. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> That's great, though. No, it's great to know that so that he feels like he has a voice to say what he wants. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and how's JJ? JJ's good. I'm, I'm getting ready. I leave for Sweden uh, this week and uh, I keep looking into it. I don't think... It's going to be a problem. Uh, they, the, the, it is closed. Europe is closed to Americans. But uh, the rule is if you have immediate family, which J.J. is the immediate family. So 
hoping it won't be an issue. I can just pop in there. I've got them a lot of. Uh, I'm sorry, Kirk. Can you? You're making a lot of noise in the oh, background. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sure. I'm sure your mic is picking it up. Yeah. I stopped. I stopped. I fidget sometimes. Um, I bought him a bunch of uh, Rangers equipment, not equipment, uh, clothes. Like New York, New York Rangers? New York Rangers, yeah, yeah, hockey, sorry. Uh, th- those come in triple uh, X. I can often find triple X. That's my Well, you can get him an actual Henrik, Henrik Lundqvist jersey, who's a Swedish uh, player for the uh, New York Rangers. That's a good idea. I haven't done that, but that's a good idea. Column I've got five days. Mm-hmm. And uh, the hockey jerseys are huge. And yeah. they're indestructible. That's probably true, too. Pull it over you're someone's head, punch them, and they're still fine. Exactly. They're designed to be yanked at and not come apart. That's actually a good little uh, thought. Maybe I'll do that. I, I, and there's uh, a, there'll be a, a New York-Swedish connection, Henrik Lundqvist. I like it. I should See? write that down. Henrik mm-hmm. Lundqvist. This could be loud if I write this down. It's not going to be too loud. No, no. Um, go ahead. Well, I'm just, you know, he's uh, he's he's a very good goalie. He's... Um, my age and still in the NHL, which I appreciate. Wow. Yep. 75 and still in the NHL. 75, 75, yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That hair doesn't look 75. 32 tops. Tops, Graham. Thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> There's a long pause there. It means a lot. Graham's I'm looking like, at what's my, the punchline? <laughs> we're Skyping right now, and I'm just looking at my face. I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. Um, so, yeah, JJ's good. He's okay. He's good. I go out there this week. I'm excited. going to buy that car. Yeah. That's great. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, well, we have a, this is sort of a, they're all special episodes, but this is a, a definitely a special unique. episode, a unique episode. Thank you. Yeah. Um, roving reporter Jill Escher is coming on uh, to talk about her friend uh, who passed recently. And there's actually a article um, written about it I- by NPR and uh, the Mercury News, which um, are you going to read for us right now, Kirk? Yeah, this is big news. This is a tough one this week, but I feel like sometimes I don't want us to just just do the, the fun stuff. Uh, these are, there's some important issues that, will, that, that uh, need to be looked at, and we've done the one about the police uh, having extra training for um, – dealing with people uh, on the spectrum. And then this is also an important one. So without further ado, I'll get cut to the chase here. This is the Mercury News came out. And now uh, also, sorry, and after this article, we are going to uh, interview Jill about yes. her friend. So Jill is, is waiting in the wings. This is her best friend this article's about. No, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, Fremont mom, uh, Fremont fire, excuse me. Mother went back into burning home to save autistic son. Fida Alm. Oh, boy, I should have practiced his name. Al-Maliti died after an effort to rescue her son, officials said. This is in Fremont, California. Frida Al-Maliti, a nationally known advocate for people with autism and a dedicated mother, had already escaped her home that was filled with flames early Saturday when she realized her severely autistic son, who was 15, Mohammed, was not with her. She ran back in to save him, but neither came out. The dramatic new details of the tragic home fire that ended the lives of Almalati and her son were shared by the Fremont Fire Department and Almalati's sister, Maysoon Salal, who was at the home when it burned. A little before 2 a.m. Saturday, before firefighters had arrived, a girl and a woman, uh, Salal and her teenage daughter, escaped the home along with Almalati, according to the department. 
When Almonte realized her son was not with them, she bravely re she quote bravely reentered the residence in an attempt to rescue him as flames and heavily smoke, sorry heavy smoke rapidly advanced from the first floor to the second. The fire department said, fire crews began an aggressive interior attack with simultaneous search and rescue efforts. And they found Amalati and Mohammed together on the second floor in a rear bedroom. Both victims had sustained life-threatening injuries and were rescued by firefighters transported to nearby hospitals. And despite persistent life-saving efforts by the fire department, both of the victims tragically died, the statement said. In this tragic and heartbreaking, heartbreaking incident, the Fremont Fire Department Chief Curtis Jacobson said in the statement, Frida Almalati courageously risked her life to save her sons, and her actions were both hero. Selfless, selfless and valiant. Boy, sorry, I'm having a hard time with this. This stuff's heart-wrenching, but I think, and I'll, we'll get to why it's important. Fire officials said investigators have determined that the one-alarm fire started in the kitchen area of the home, although its cause is still under investigation. The firefighters responded to the fire at 1.44, arriving within minutes to cut ahead, taken in the nearby hospital. Okay. So while Almalati's sister, who was home at the time, posted on Facebook Wednesday morning a heart-wrenching description of her fear and frantic moments during the fire after her daughter awoke in the night, screaming that she couldn't breathe. After Almalati ran back in the house, Salal was screaming for them to come out and heard her sister trying to get Muhammad out of the house. I could hear the popping of glass and the faint noises of Muhammad crying, no, 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 in response to Fida pleading with him, Salal recalled, calling him Muhammad, a loving nickname for Mohammed, Ma, sorry, Ma, Mahmoud maybe? Mahmoud, a loving nickname for Mohammed. Al-Malati repeatedly yelled for them that they needed to leave. You need to go, you need to come out now. From the day he was born to the day he died, Al-Malati fought and sacrificed for her purpose in life was Mohammed, Mahmoud, sorry, and autism. And in her fight, she found many other warriors to fight with her. Man, I don't want to cry. Hold on a second. Woo! And in her fight, she found many other warriors to fight with her for other families that have children with autism, and she wasn't going to leave him alone in this world. End quote. Kirk, I, Ooh, I'm... Boy. Yeah. I'm almost done. Sorry, I, I can do this. I can do this without crying. Yeah. Here we go. Amalti was a fierce take, advocate... Take a break if you need. Yeah. Amalti was a fierce advocate for people with autism and their families, inspired by her own son, and the children of friends. She helped change California law. Her and a core group of parents of severely autistic kids spearheaded the effort behind SB 946, a bill, a bill authored by then State Senator Daryl Steinberg, who went into law in 2012, which requires insurance companies to cover treatment of autism. Mm. She served as a, on a host of boards for agencies that supported autism advocacy, research, and treatment efforts, including the National Council on Severe Autism, the Autism Society of San Francisco Bay Area. She also served on the Fremont Human Relations Commission. On behalf of the Fremont community, I'd like to extend my sincerest condolences to the family and friends of Fida Almalati, said the Fremont mayor. She was a hero. Yeah. She was a hero in so many different ways. Anyway, this yeah, go on. Sorry. No, no, no. That's it. And then there's a quote from Jill Escher, but let's just get Jill on, and then she can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that we can we can all agree that uh, Jill, uh, th this woman deserves to be talked about, and yeah. um, 
she did a lot for advocacy and not to mention she's a brave person and so well yeah let's let's get Jill on and we just read the article from the Mercury News and I'm a little emotional Graham do you want to start it off yeah uh, well I, I I just it's it's a tough situation and maybe you can just sort of take the reins and let us know about your friend Jill Sure. I mean, this is such an unbelievable circumstance, such an unbelievable story. I think that all of us who worked with her or were friends with her, we're still reeling from the shock. Mm -hmm. We're not through it at all. And I don't think we're anywhere close to that acceptance stage, no. right, of grief. Um, we're still in, in disbelief that such an incredible life and lives and, and her son could be taken so quickly and so meaninglessly mm -hmm. so yeah i mean this is the comedian's guide to autism but there's nothing at all humorous about what happened no. uh, to feta and muhammad um and um i was very close with feta and i do know however that she would not want us to wallow in mourning ad nauseum uh, she found humor in in everything she was mm -hmm. just even i mean you know she put stand-up comics to shame she was <laughs> so funny i in <laughs> fact i bought her some books because i was really encouraging her to go into stand-up comedy of course who has time when you're an autism mom and, and juggling so many things but she was just such a funny person juggling and I a lot think of things she would want us she's very busy a lot of things she had a lot yeah she she what i'm sorry she was very busy is all i was saying Yes, yes. Um, and she had so much going on and she was so excited about the future, which makes um, her passing all the more, you know, desperately sad. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, she I've just never met anyone like her. She was incredibly full of love and full of life and full of humor. She was really a genius in, in many ways. Um. I was just going to ask, and I probably should ask you this off the air first, but I can edit this out. We already got a bunch of edits on this one, so not a big deal. But is this something I get concerned about JJ? He likes to, we talked about this, I think, two episodes ago or three, that he started to taking to stealing um, frozen French fries and trying to cook them. Oh, God. And fortunately, we, the, the way the stove is works, we basically have a circuit breaker that we can turn off outside of the room so his stove's not on unless we want it to be on if that makes sense mm, but is that mm -hmm. is that something that like comes into play or, and i don't want to be inappropriate but i'm always just thinking of trying to yeah i mean i think we could talk about two things we could talk about fire safety that's what i wanted one, to ask and then maybe we could uh talk about you know what her legacy you yes. know what she stood for exactly. and all that so I mean, maybe both of those topics okay well um, let's continue to talk about her legacy. So where we left off was, uh, she, she was, uh, very busy and a genius and very funny. And, um, well, let's talk mm -hmm. about sort of her involvement in, um, getting, um, insurance to cover certain aspects of, uh, autist, uh, children with autism or autism in general. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Feta got her footing in the autism world um, as a young mother of this boy who was diagnosed with autism, and she was founding, finding, first of all, that it was difficult mm-hmm. even to get a diagnosis for him, even though he was on the very far severe end of the mm-hmm. spectrum. And then after the diagnosis, um, how difficult it was to obtain appropriate services for him. Um, so Feta is a born fighter. She will fight for anything. She will um, have a goal and she will stick to it no matter what. And here she was, you know, married at 17. She didn't even have a high school diploma, but she was incredibly smart and had her, her wits. And she um, sued Kaiser, actually, to get ABA therapy for Muhammad. Um, and when she succeeded in getting services she thought you know, were appropriate for her son, she joined forces with some other moms here in the Bay Area, and they took their crusade to Sacramento, the state capital, to fight for um, an insurance mandate that would provide for basically um, insurance coverage, private insurance, co- insurance coverage, can't talk today, um, for behavioral treatments for people with autism. And, and they won that battle. In California and that was actually early in the game and that set a precedent for other states so that was pretty pivotal um, on that front and then after that was accomplished I mean Feta saw that there was so much more work to do in the autism community and she joined the boards of various nonprofits including Autism Society San Francisco Bay Area where she was vice president to my being president and then um, most recently um, she was vice president of the National Council on Severe Autism, where I also serve as president. So we work together in many capacities, and she just wanted nothing more in the world than to see a brighter future for individuals with autism and their families. Um, she just was bursting with creative energy and creative ideas about how we could fight that battle. So losing her is just an incalculably huge loss. But she was able to affect change in her life, which is... Oh, yeah, w- without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, she affected change during, po- you know, doing policy. She was pivotal in creating a number of programs here in the Bay Area, which included things like gigantic conferences focused on adult autism, um, down to things like, you know pool events for autism families who had nowhere else to take their kids for the summer um, and many, many things in between. So, you know, she always had something up her sleeve uh, to better serve our, our community and our families. And then, you know, with National Council on Severe Autism, she was really taking it to a national level. What do you think she would say to listeners? Um, uh, what, what would you think she, she would say to listeners listening right now um, it, to get them motivated to help uh, or, or what can they do? Yeah, I feel like she was tireless in her efforts. Mm-hmm. What would she say to encourage our listeners? Mm-hmm. You know, great question. Um, I would say maybe two things. You know, first of all, fight for your kid and fight for your families, right? And that autism is not just a kid problem. Autism is a whole family condition. So do what you need to do to make your life better, to make your family happier. Um, At the same time, really using your wits and intuition 
to fight for the appropriate services, whether it's with the school district, whether it's with an insurance agency, whether it's with a developmental disability agency, whether it's with Medicaid, whether it's with Social Security, you know, no matter where you turn, or you know, police agencies, she did a lot of work with police as well, no matter where you turn, you know, it requires some educating and advocacy. And she always, always, always did it with a smile. I mean, unlike me, I tend to be this like crabby, cranky person who spouts data and boring things all the time. <laughs> she always did it with this giant smile, this big hug. She just loved everyone. So, you know, it, it's, it's never stop fighting, but do it with love and with heart. And I think, you know, the, the second thing is, and she was really devoted to this, is don't be afraid to tell your right. story. You know, there's a lot of pressure on those of us, and I know you guys have experienced this on Autastic. You know, those of us who live with severe autism, to kind of uh, keep our stories to ourselves, you know, to only show the, the rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and she never hid her stories. I mean, she obviously loved her son beyond anything in the world, but she always told the truth. And she did that because she knew that telling the truth was fundamental to getting the change that she needed to see in the world. So um, those are two things that, that I would say, you know, she, she would want us all to know and to keep, keep in well, mind. That's great. That's, uh, that's really quite a legacy. Um, now, we had, we had touched upon this earlier on uh, in the interview, but uh, so it, she, unfortunately, it was the, the, a fire was, a, was a, a cause of this. Do we know what the exact reason was? They said it may have started in the kitchen, or I know that there's a lot of, it's a very difficult thing to talk about, but there's a lot of people out there listening going, I hope this doesn't happen to me. How do I prevent this? How did it happen to her? You know, it's so horrific mm -hmm. that I think everyone should be thinking right. that. I don't want this to happen to me. What can I do to prevent this happening to me or anybody else in the autism community? Because it's absolutely mind-bogglingly mm -hmm. awful. And um, I will tell you what I know about what happened. So the police, I mean, the, the fire investigators, I'm sorry, investigated um, after the fire and they know that it started in the kitchen area, but it wasn't an oven fire, which is what her sister initially thought it would have been. They don't know the cause, or if they do know, know the cause, they're not yet disclosing it. And of course, we're all very mm -hmm. eager um, to know what happened that night. We know that the fire broke out shortly before 2 a.m. Um, in the morning. And um, Feta was living at the time at her home with her son, her autistic son, who was 15 years old and about 280 pounds, um, and um, Feta's sister and the sister's daughter, who was Feta's niece. Mm -hmm. The niece woke up gasping for air and saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. She got everyone up, and um, Feta and her sister and the niece ran out of the house, but uh, Muhammad did not. So Feta ran back in, despite there being leaping flames and heavy mm -hmm. smoke. Uh, they were on the second floor. She ran back up to the second floor to try to get Muhammad out. But Muhammad was severely autistic mm -hmm. and he resisted and he was freaked out and he wouldn't mm -hmm. budge. And there was nothing little Feta could do to get 280 pound, you know, freaking out Muhammad down the stairs. So, um, 
you know, this is the worst thing to think about, and I've tried not to think about it, is were those final moments, you know, you're in asphyxiating thick mm. black smoke, so thick that you can't see anything. Yeah. And you have to decide, do I run back down the stairs or do I stay with yeah. my disabled yeah. child? And what Feta clearly decided to do was to stay with Muhammad and die with him, which, you know, is something that um, I can't, I understand it. Of course, I understand it. And her impulse, I understand her impulse. She was so devoted to him at the same time. I, uh, I find it so tragic um it's it's and she had two other sons so i you know you can't and you 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 sort of you sort of hold out belief till the very end in those situations that you can make some sort of change and she was a fighter clearly so she was yeah yeah Yeah. i mean so she had to do it i understand it but it it's just so horrible and um you know i i do think that this we don't know the, the right. details here. Right. We don't know the facts. But I, I think we can maybe say that this perhaps could have been preventable with uh, mm-hmm. smoke alarms that were functioning. And it, we don't know the smoke alarm situation mm-hmm. right now, but we can maybe guess you know, that, that they yeah. weren't working. And maybe one lesson that we can all learn is check your smoke alarms. Just that simple. Um, I know that uh, my son, Jonathan, uh, very, very recently um, destroyed the smoke alarms where he right. was living. So I think we're <laughs> tempted sometimes to just say, yeah, oh, you they know, go off when you cook. Well, yeah, I'll you, do you it get, later. You know, the new ones are very and they sensitive. Go off. And they go off all the time when you cook. They're very annoying. Yeah. I just stayed in no. an Airbnb and I realized that there was no smoke alarm and I found it uh, in a cupboard buried away with the battery taken out and I assembled it and put it back up and it was uh, immediately annoying. It, you know, I'd cook everything and it would start beeping, but, uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, it's worth it. It really is worth it. You know, put it, <laughs> put it in a place you can reach, reach it out of the reach of uh, your loved one who has autism maybe, and so you can press that little snooze button on it, but it's, it's something that you, we all have to do, I know. And we've all done it. We've all, exactly. we have all taken the battery out. We have all disassembled. We all have of all us. done it. But mm-hmm. this is just um, a very unfortunate, tragic reminder to plug it back in right now. Exactly. And I think, you know, beyond that, I mean, every kid is different. And some kids really can't be taught, you know, a, a fire drill. But if you have a right. kid who can be taught right. a fire drill, you know, right. do that. If your kid will respond to social stories do that kind of social story. I know there are some online, um, uh, you know, check other, you know, you have to understand that a lot of autism families live in what are essentially fire traps because they have multiple locks on the front, right. door, multiple locks oh on my the windows gosh. because yep. they're trying to prevent elopement. Wow. Right. Of course. And, uh, so I think that's something we have to think about and maybe even work with manufacturers. Mm-hmm on like what can we do to prevent elopement while also being fire safe i don't think there's a really good answer to that yet um um, and i i know that there have been a number of organizations that have reached out to us saying that they're very interested in doing fire safety programs so i would say you know um tune in to national council on severe autism where we will definitely post information along those lines okay 
Well, I think we should end it there. Um, is there any last things you you want us to what you want to say about your friend before we go? Um, if people, you know, she was so funny and so talented. We posted a number of her videos and blog okay. posts um, on our website at it's NCS Autism for National Council on Severe Autism. NCSAutism.org. You broke up. You broke and up just, just when, you, when you said that. So can you repeat that, please? Okay. Yes. NCSAutism.org. Okay. And from the homepage, you could navigate and find these incredible videos that she did and stories that she wrote that were just so funny. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, in even in her death, she is putting a smile on everyone's face. And um, I really encourage you guys to, to meet Feta. It's never too late. So I think that's all. Um, I think we wrapped yeah, we it, did. right? I just want to say in conclusion that um, my condolences to you. Uh, it's... It's, yeah, of course. Uh, I know you were very close, and uh, thank you so much for being strong and and coming on here and uh, letting us know. We appreciate it very much. Well, thank you. Thanks for you know sharing about Feta in your podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, of course. Of course. All right. Well, that was Jill Escher, uh, as you know. Um, yeah, I, I really, uh, I do appreciate it. It's a tough thing. A t I can't, she, I don't know how she talked about it with such strength, and uh, we appreciate it. And uh, I hope that some good can come out of this. And, uh, yeah. Well, I think it's, uh, I think what we talked about, and I think at uh, the, the very least, uh, the, the, the fire alarm, or smoke alarm, sorry. Are, uh, as well as carbon monoxide detectors are, are very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. Well, Annoying but important. Well, there's not much else we can say, I think, after all this. Uh, this is the Comedian's Guide to Autism. If you'd like to donate, you can go to Autastic, uh, or sorry, patreon.com slash autastic, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash autastic. Um, I'm at Mr. Graham K on Twitter, Instagram K on Instagram. Over there, Kirk Smith is at Kirk Smith Comedy on all platforms. Rate and review if you can. And thanks very much for listening. Have a great week, guys. You can do it.